All right, good deal. All right, well, hey, thank you for coming today and worshiping our Lord and Savior on Memorial Day weekend. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Memorial Day this morning, but I'm just glad you're here. So let's go Lord in prayer, and then we'll do our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, just for the opportunity to be here uh, this morning, Lord, to worship you and praise you. Be with uh, Mike and, and Kim and Trey and Savannah as they're out uh, traveling today. I know we have others traveling, and, and they're doing ministry, and so I just pray for them today. Uh, as they're sharing uh, up north, and uh, Lord, be with our brothers and sisters that are traveling this weekend, or maybe at the lake, just watch over and keep them safe, Lord, and I'm excited to be here today, uh, God, to preach your word, excited for baptism after church today, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome time for a church where we can go down to the river again, and so Lord, just uh, be with us today, we worship you, we love you, Lord, in your name I pray, amen. Take a couple minutes this morning, welcome everyone.
Am I on? You guys hear me? There I am. Okay. Um, no men's Bible study tonight because of the holiday, so no men's Bible study uh, tonight, guys. Wednesday nights, just a reminder if you're a visitor with us this morning, Wednesday night we have uh, dinner at 6 o'clock every Wednesday night, classes at 645 every Wednesday night. Uh, baptism today after the morning service, so probably 10 minutes after the morning service, we'll head to Greer Creek, so if you've never been to a baptism at the river, I think the water's going to be a little bit warmer today than uh, in April, I hope, a little bit. Uh, but we'll head for baptism right after the morning uh, service today. Reminder uh, about outreach. Outreach is Sunday, June 11th from 1 to 4 p.m. at the park. If you would like to help with that, please get with Mike Simons. It's Sunday, June 11th from 1 to 4 Next Sunday, this is something new, next Sunday we have a business meeting. Uh, we're going to answer some questions about the, the Freeway Women's House. Uh, we'll hand out church financial reports. It won't take that long. We, we're, they're pretty quick, but that's next Sunday after the morning service we'll have a business meeting. Empty Nesters, you're going to Sight and Sound uh, Theater on Saturday, June 24th. If you would like to go, it, it starts at 730 Please see Denny and Roxy for details and tickets. When is the last time that they can sign up and order that? Is Denny and Roxy downstairs? They're downstairs this morning. There's Denny and Roxy. You know, when's the last time? They got a couple of weeks? Okay, so the next couple of weeks for sure, get with them if you would like to go uh, on the empty nesters trip. A couple, couple more weeks, so there's a lot of seating left, but we, you guys will want to be able to set together uh, for sure. Mike Estelle is running the uh, shower trailer at Freeway Headquarters every Tuesday. If you would like to volunteer uh, with that, please get with Mike Estelle. He's gone today, but you can send the church a message and he'll get back with you if you have any questions about it. It's Tuesday mornings at 9.15 uh, a.m. in Springfield if you would like to help with that. Here is a sign-up uh, sheet for VBS. VBS is going to be here before we know it. We'll start it on this side of the church. You have to have a background check. So if you have not, if you want to uh, sign up for VBS to help, uh, please sign up, but you've got to make sure you have a background check. So please get with Sierra. VBS is June 19th through the 22nd. It's Monday through Thursday. And dinner is at 6 o'clock every night. So we feed dinner to all the kids, adults. If they need to eat, there'll be food. I mean, just come, bring the kids. Classes go from 6.30 to 8.30 uh, every night. It's Monday through Thursday, VBS here at the church. Trey and Savannah's going away party is Sunday, July 2nd. After the morning service, we'll have a meal. She's also registered for a lot of things. You can either bless them, however you want to bless them, but she's having a little one, and she's registered for numerous places for that uh, also, if you wanted to do that. Um, got some state, all-state athletes from the church. Come here, you two, come here. So yesterday, <laughs> yesterday they had state track meets. I love recognizing our young folks. Travis is a senior and is the second pole vaulter in the whole state of Missouri. He got uh, number two. What was your jump? 14 feet. He was 14 feet yesterday uh, at pole vaulting. Tilly is a freshman, correct? A freshman, this is pretty amazing. A freshman was the sixth, she, she placed sixth in high jump as a freshman. As a freshman. So 
She's probably going to win it here next year or the year after, I would say. But she got six. The top eight people uh, qualify for medals, so they both medaled, and you're considered all-state. So very talented family. Congratulations, kiddos. <laughs> Travis is senior. He's going to do track at Missouri State, so pole vaulting at Missouri Missouri Southern, sorry, not Missouri State. Missouri Southern, yes. So if you have something like that with your kids, I don't mind bragging on the kids. I mean, that's pretty, it's a pretty amazing uh, accomplishment. So anything else that I forgot this morning on announcements? Yes, oh, yes. Wednesday night, we had, I was talking about Jeannie, Wednesday night. Wednesday night, we had um, Greg Craig here, the guy with two first names from South Africa. Uh, and he's the freeway director in South Africa. And a lot of you gave money to support that ministry. If you would like it on your tax statement from the church, fill out a card this morning of what you gave to him uh, and put it in the offering uh, or give it to Jeannie so they can do that. Yes. Yep, if you want to give this morning to that ministry in Cape Town, you can put in the memo line, Freeway Cape Town. Next Sunday, to, if you want to go see for, for the empty nesters, next Sunday is the, the cutoff. So let Denny and Roxy know uh, if you're going with the empty nesters uh, or if you're identifying as an empty nester for that day. <laughs> Who would he be talking about? Hmm. Okay. I already got permission from a couple of them if Selena and I could go and they said yes. So I don't know, they may kick us out though. I don't know. All right. Anybody else got anything? Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering and we'll pray over that and then we'll have our time of worship uh, together. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, again for today and just the opportunity to be here, Lord, to worship you and uh, to worship you in song and also in giving, uh, God. And I pray, Lord, we're giving cheerfully and joyfully uh, today and just be with us as we worship you in song and uh, we... Um we just love you, Lord, and we thank you for the many blessings you've given us. And, Lord, I, I, I'm thankful for where we live. Uh, and I'm thankful, Lord, as, as many are celebrating uh, Memorial Day weekend uh, this weekend, that we remember the, the, the over a million men and women who have given, made the ultimate sacrifice for our country, that we could be here, uh, Lord, this morning today to freely uh, to worship you and to pray and to give and uh, they made that sacrifice, and so, Lord, we remember them today, Lord, and we remember your sacrifice you made for us. It's the ultimate act of love, and we love you, Lord. In your name I pray, amen.
uh, Pastor Jeff, take it away. Good job, guys. Good job. I mean, we could just go home right now, I guess. That, that said it all. Uh, turn to Luke chapter 14, if you would, this morning. Let's remain standing and honor God's word together. Luke chapter 14. I'm going to be in 25 through 33. Luke 14, 25 through 33. I, <clears throat> I'm just going to warn you this morning. Tried to warn you Wednesday. This is challenging. This is going to be a very challenging sermon. Personally, it's been very challenging to me reading this and thinking on this. and So just ready to be ready to be challenged. Um, and I guess don't get angry. Don't get angry at God. Just let the Holy Spirit work inside of you. And if you need to maybe do something different, submit to his leadership and lordship over your life, right? Luke 14, 25 through 33. It says, now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own mother, excuse me, his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate, de deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore... Any, of, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning for this text. I thank you. It's been challenging the last couple of weeks as I've been thinking about this, and I've talked to our elders about this, and this is a challenging message. It's been challenging to me. And Lord, I pray this morning um, that we just open our hearts and our minds to receive your word that it penetrates our lives, and your words, they're, they're right from your mouth here. And so, Lord, I pray that we consider what you're saying, the context of what you're saying and what you're really saying, and, Lord, that we just follow you with reckless abandon and love, and we just, uh, a radical commitment, a radical love to you. It's in your name that I do pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I, I'm excited to be back here today. I, I just want to say I'm very thankful and appreciate kids' class. Yeah, sorry, sis. Little kiddos, if you guys want to go downstairs to kids' class, you can uh, this morning. I'm very thankful um, to have my two mics here that can bring the word, and, and, uh, and they're co-laborers with me here at Crossbridge. And I just really, really appreciate them. I want to start by, I, I have to mention this, and it kind of goes along a little bit with the sermon, but tomorrow we celebrate one of our national holidays that we honor uh, service members, and specifically, Memorial Day is a national holiday that's set aside to remember the men and women who have died for our country. Uh, over 1.3 million have died defending our country and for what this country was founded upon. And I really believe, guys, that what this country was founded upon is not what we see in our country uh, today. And, and it's, in, in a sense, some people are wanting to rewrite history in what our count, uh, country is founded upon. And, and I think we should never forget 
never forget the, the 1.3 million men and women who gave everything for us, that we could come here this morning and worship and pray uh, unhindered. Listen, we're not like the church in China who's persecuted. We freely came in this morning and had donuts and coffee and could worship and talk and sing without the fear of reprisal. Uh, and, and that's only, that's because of their sacrifice. And so, um, and, and, and this country was absolutely founded on the belief of the Lord Jesus Christ. And our founding fathers had that belief. And right now, really, uh, our, our country is at a time of relative peace compared to some parts of its history. But we are engaged in a war, and I think it's really a culture war. It is absolutely a culture war, uh, and, and it's really ha- started happening over the last 10 to 15 years. More importantly, over the last few years, there's an assault on common sense, uh, on, on common basic biology, um, and common values that our country was founded upon by our founding fathers. And they, they brought those values and they took those values absolutely from the heart of God's word. And that's how our country was founded. So because of some of that, what do we do? Like, I, I, it, you're probably thinking, what in the world? How's this tying to this text? Um, I really believe that the mess that we're kind of getting into as a country all goes back to the followers of Christ in our country and the church and how we do things. It goes back to the disciples of Jesus Christ, to us. We are disciples of Jesus. And, and really to the commitment level that we have towards Christ and his church in our country. Jesus in this text this morning, he doesn't mix words. He is it. He, he just tells it exactly like it is. Uh, in fact, if you really look at these verses, they're astonishing. They're really astonishing. Jesus is the ultimate evangelist. I mean, he is the world's greatest evangelist who's ever lived. Number two is probably the Apostle Paul. But Jesus is always trying to reach people. He is always, throughout his life, when you read the Gospels, he's always teaching and preaching and sharing the truth of who he is. But here in these verses... He really, really challenges people that were following him. He challenges people that were walking with him, that were following him. And I believe with all my heart, I need this challenge. I try to, honestly, guys, I try to challenge myself to grow deeper and more, a more walk with Christ and to be more Christ-like. Uh, and, I, and I think I, I look, when I prepare sermons a lot of times and I start looking at some of this stuff, I think, well, I, I'm trying to challenge myself. And I figure if I need the challenge, maybe somebody out here needs the challenge too. And so I I pray today uh, that that maybe somebody here, maybe all of us, need this challenge like I did. So let's look in these verses and let's look at really what Jesus is saying. In verse 26, what does he say? He says, hate father, mother, children, brothers, sisters, and self. That's my first point. That's, That's literally, and I put some question marks as I emailed it to the media team. It's like, what in the world? That is an amazing, bold, powerful statement. Now, we know from Scripture some things about hate. And let's look at that real quick. Turn to Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Verses 21 and 22. Matthew 5, 21 and 22. I'm going to hopefully we can explain this uh, just a little bit. Matthew 5, 21 and 22. It says... You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. That's the Ten Commandments. It's quoting the Ten Commandments. 
And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. He takes hate and puts it in the same category as murder. So we know, that tells us, we know that Jesus cannot be telling us, if you want to follow him, that you have to hate your family and your children because that would be sinful if we had hate and we literally hated or murdered them in our hearts so we we know he can't be telling us to do that well so what is he saying what is he saying by these verses he is telling us that our love and commitment to him should be so great should be so great our love for jesus should look so amazingly out there in radical that everything else looks like hate. He's saying that if your father or your mother or your sister, your brother, your children choose to not follow the Lord and we are faced with a difficult choice of loyalty to our family or loyalty to the Lord Jesus, you choose Jesus. That your radical love for him is so amazing. Guys, I, I don't. there's a book by David Platt I don't know if you've, any of you have read it, but it's called Radical. We did a study on it when I first came here years and years ago. Read the book Radical by David Platt. It, that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying a radical love for Jesus. Jesus is saying that your relationship with me takes precedent over everything else in your life. Your love for me takes precedent over everything. Everything. You know what I wrote here and I underlined it? I said, so does it? Does it? I'm going to ask these questions today. I'm asking these of myself. Does it? Guys, I believe we live in a culture, in a society that thinks that their relationship with Jesus doesn't even rise to a level where they would come faithfully and serve him in a local body of believers and worship him. It doesn't even rise to that. You know, last week, Last week on Wednesday night, it was last, was last week? Yeah, it was last, no, not this Wednesday, but the Wednesday before. I had the opportunity, it was an honor, to, to preach baccalaureate to the senior class at Marshfield. Last Sunday afternoon, they graduated 190 kids. For you all that don't know, baccalaureate is a Christian service. It's a Christian service that's put on by the local ministerial alliance for the seniors. Out of... 190 seniors in the senior class. Guess how many came to baccalaureate? 45. 45. In Marshfield. In the middle of the Bible Belt. Hey, I would venture to say, I haven't done the research, but I would venture to say in California and New York, they don't have baccalaureate. They didn't have it. 45. Why? Why? Well, here's the answer I came up with. Because Jesus isn't a priority anymore. Jesus isn't a priority in the homes in America. I believe, guys, really with all my heart, that in the next 10 years, unless we radically change our love for Christ, unless we radically change our love for Christ, there's not going to be any more baccalaureates. There's, there won't be any more. What is Jesus asking for here in these verses? He's asking for your whole life. 
He's asking for everything from you. He wants all of you. How do I know that? How do I know that he wants everything about you? Because the next verse in verse 40, or 27, what does he say in our text? Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What is bearing a cross? Bearing a cross is dying. It's dying. It's dying to yourself to live for Christ. The cross represents the most painful death that anyone in the history of the world has ever came up with. If you, if you do some study on this, and I have, it's the most torturous death that you could ever come up with. And not only is it a torturous death, it's humiliating. Because what they made criminals do is carry the cross. And if you were carrying a cross, you were under ridicule and disgrace and humiliation. They humiliated you. They made sure that everybody knew this guy has been sentenced to crucifixion and he's on the way to his death. And people would humiliate you. That's what Jesus says. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Wow. That is dying to self. Taking up the cross literally means that my desires, my wants are dead. They're dead. I'm sacrificing them. I am self-sacrificing in order to live for Christ. It is the absolute, the absolute commitment and surrender to God. It's the most absolute commitment you can make is to die what you want to live for Christ. Consider these questions. Here's some questions about taking up your cross and following Jesus. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your closest friends? You know that when you become a follower of Christ, a lot of your relationships will change. They start to change. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your closest friends? Are you willing to follow Jesus if that means you're being alienated from your family? You know, that's what it meant for biblical Christians. Biblical Christians were alienated from their families. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your reputation? That's happening right now in America. If you're a follower of Christ and you make stands for, for Christ and your commitment level for Christ and you love Jesus, you will, they will come after you. We are living in a cancel culture. Ask the guy who baked cakes in Colorado. Ask him. Absolutely will happen. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your job? You don't think corporations aren't going completely nuts right now? If you don't, you're not watching, you're not paying attention. They're going crazy. And it's not for Christianity. It's against Christianity and what the Bible teaches. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your life? Listen, in some places of the world, that is a real consequence. The commitment to Christ is a daily thing. Now, I want to make this even more personal because you can answer these questions. You can answer those questions and kind of just skate by those and kind of say, well, yeah, I am. Or, you know, you can answer those and not really self-reflect. Last week, I started asking myself some things. I like thinking about them. This is a question I kept asking myself. What would blank look like if the ministry was ran with my level of commitment? 
what would blank look like if that ministry was ran with my level of commitment? I started asking myself that. So I, so I started inserting things. What would the Saturday night freeway service look like if my level of commitment determined how Saturday night went? Oof. I answered that, and it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I don't know. I'm just being honest with you guys. I want to be an open book. I haven't been to freeway service in probably two or three months. Why not, Jeff? You're the pastor of the church. What's wrong? I need to be. So I immediately texted Mike this weekend. He probably didn't know why I texted him. But it's out of the blue. This week I texted Mike and I said, I, I, you need to put me down to preach the Saturday night service. So we found a Saturday. And I told him this morning again, this is going to be a regular thing. I love sharing the gospel. I love doing evangelism. Yes, I'm busy, but I shouldn't be too busy to share the gospel with people. So I, so I started asking, what would my level of commitment look like? I started that with the freeway service. I started asking myself, if my level of commitment is how freeway went, would we even have a freeway service? Well, we wouldn't for the last couple of months. I'm being honest with you. And I started asking myself other things. If my level of commitment was how the church did evangelism, what would that look like? Whew. If my level of commitment for VBS in the next month, would we even have VBS? If my level of commitment in giving, in giving, what God has blessed me with, would we even have electricity in the church? If everybody had my same level of commitment. Now when I'm asking this, I want you guys to ask this. That's radical love for Jesus. That's sacrificing everything for him. If everyone had your level of commitment in giving, would we even have a building with electricity on? If everyone, if the ministry of prayer in the church was based upon how I pray... What would it look like? If everyone studied God's word, how I read the Bible and study, what would it look like? You see, some of these questions you may answer and go, oh, that's pretty good, I'm doing okay there. And other ones, the Holy Spirit may totally convict you and say, well, the church wouldn't even be open if it was for me. We, up to me. We wouldn't even pray if it was my life. Listen, I hope that's what you're doing right now. That's what Jesus is saying in the text. Here's a big one. And here's why the country's in the mess we are. If every family was teaching their children like I teach my children, what would that look like? I want you to ask yourself these things. That's commitment to Christ. That's dying to self. That's well, Listen, when you start to answer those and the Holy Spirit convicts you, you can either get mad at God and just not do it, or you can humble yourself and say, oh, God, I just need to do these things because I love the Lord Jesus and he gave everything for me. Listen, we talk about commitment and love. Jesus didn't have to go to the cross. You know, all he had to do was snap his fingers and legions of angels would have came and rescued him. And then we're still dead in our sin. He loved us so much that he was the ultimate giver. 
He was the ultimate one who sacrificed. He's our example. He's our example. That's radical love. Now, this kind of brings us... So, so when we start to ask ourselves these questions, you know what happens if you're a follower of Christ? You know what happens? The Holy Spirit will give you the answer. It'll give you the answer. It may not be the answer you want to hear. But it'll give you the answer. But now, then what we do with that answer is the second part of the sermon. And that's found in verses 28 through 33. And Jesus says what? Second point. Count the cost. He says count the cost. What did Jesus have when he said this? He has massive crowds following him. Everybody loved the miracles. They love seeing Jesus. People that were lost, if you remember, King Herod, when, when Jesus was arrested, King Herod wanted to see Jesus. Why? I want to see him perform a miracle. Let's get this Jesus in front of me. People love to, fo- they love to follow Jesus. They want, they, he was the cool guy. He was healing people. He was feeding people. People would bring, and food was an issue then. People starved to death. We don't got no one starving in here this morning. I'm not. And nor in our area of the country is anyone starving, I believe. Maybe, potentially, because of sin and not feeding. But people can get food. I mean, it's we're pretty healthy compared to, right? You know where I'm going. We're pretty healthy compared to the Bible times. Food was an issue then. Jesus is feeding people with five loaves and two fish. He's amazing. He was cool. He was popular. He's the man. But Jesus knew their hearts. He knew that they were following him for what? The wrong reasons. They desired the benefits of who Jesus was rather than the understanding of who Jesus was. Guys, that's the American church. I'm telling you. I mean, we, we got to make sure that this is a fun ride. I mean, we want to be on the right. We want the country club experience. We want the fun with no cost. Let's make sure. I mean, if the youth group isn't fun enough, and they don't have pizza parties, and and they don't do games, well, we're not we're not coming. Or Joel and Shelley. Joel and Shelley. If Joel and Shelley make you study or read. Or be engaged. Well, we're out then. We'll find a youth group in town that plays four square all night. They want the church to meet all their needs. Play the right worship songs. The preacher better talk nice and look cool. I'm definitely not looking cool. I'm sorry. And don't expect me to volunteer for anything. Because I have to keep my options open. In case something funner or something better comes up. That'd just be better. Instead of that self-centered attitude, what does Jesus say? Count the cost. Following me will cost you. He says, following me will cost you. Jesus put an end to the idea that he was offering some kind of free welfare program. Listen, the gift of eternal life is free to anyone who asks. But when you ask, it requires a transfer of ownership. Jesus is now the owner. You're no longer the owner. Many people don't want that. Galatians 5.24 says this, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Counting the cost 
is recognizing and agreeing to some terms. In following Christ, we cannot follow Him and the world at the same time. It doesn't work like that. Matthew 7, it was in the song, one of the songs I sang this morning. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for the, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Oh, following Jesus means it's hard. It's, it, salvation's easy. Following him is hard. It's hard. It's not easy being a follower of Christ. Listen, those who follow Jesus for what they can get don't stick around when it gets tough. They just don't. In Jesus' earthly ministry, there was a time when the free food stopped. And what did the public do? They turned on him. And Jesus knew that was going to happen. Count the cost. Count the cost. Here's the last point, three. Renounce all. Verse 33. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Oh, man. What a closing statement. I mean, that's a closing statement on being a disciple of Jesus. You know what, you know what Jesus has now turned it into? It's a heart issue. This is a heart issue now. Renouncing all is doing what? It's giving up emotionally. It's giving up emotionally. So that what we possess no longer possesses us. It's giving up emotionally. When we become his followers, we can't serve both God and this world. There's a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus in Luke 18. And he's confronted with that choice. He thought he was perfect. He thought he was good. Jesus points out only God's good. He says, I've kept all the commandments. And Jesus says, there's one thing you lack. Sell everything you have and come and follow me. And what does he do? He turns his back on Jesus. Because he loved the world. He loved his money. He had, a, he had a love. He turns his back. I want to close with this thought. I read this this week. I want to share it with you. Imagine... That you'd been given an all-expense-paid condo on the beach in Hawaii. Complete with food, airfare, a car, a maid. You could think about your new lifestyle. I'm sure you would. You could think about how amazing that would be. You could brag about it. You could say, man, I, this is what I've got. I, it's, you could dream about it. But until you packed up, from your current home in Marshfield, the new life is not really yours. Because you can't live in Hawaii and Missouri at the same time. You know how many people approach Christianity the same way? They love the idea of eternal life. They love the idea of escaping hell. Having Jesus with them. But they aren't willing to leave the life they have now. They aren't willing to turn from the life they have now. Their desires, their lifestyle, their sinful habits are just too precious. I want to make sure we have an understanding on this. I'm not saying that you work for salvation. I'm not saying that. 
that you can earn salvation. Scripture doesn't teach that. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So I'm not saying you work for your salvation. But when you become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are giving him the control over your life. You are saying, it's not my will, it's yours. You're giving him the control. And listen, when Jesus is in control, you know what happens with your life? Pure living happens. You start living pure and holy. doesn't mean you don't sin. Well, I'm saying, he's the most important thing in your life. Because you know you're living for heaven and not here. You're living for heaven. So here's my question. Have you renounced all? Is everything worthless compared to Christ? Is everything worthless compared to Christ? You know what Paul says? Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. This is the last verse. Paul says this. But whatever I gain, whatever I gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. You know what? You know what that is? That was a man who had counted the cost and renounced everything. He knew that Jesus was it. Jesus was the most important thing in his life. Guys, have you? Have you? Have you? I asked some tough questions today. I asked myself some tough, tough questions over the last two weeks in getting this ready. Now, here's what you can do. Maybe the Holy Spirit has convicted you of something. Now, you have a choice. We can either walk out and act like this sermon didn't happen and erase it from our memory bank, and that's what Satan wants to happen. Or you can say, God, I am messing some things up, and I don't want to mess them up anymore. I want to do what is honoring to you because you're the most important thing in my life. And I love you. And you know all it takes is one word. Humble. Humble yourself. That's all it takes. We, we don't serve a God that makes us jump through hoops. We serve a God that lets us turn to him and humble ourselves. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Have you counted the cost and renounced all? If everyone here this morning had the same commitment level to giving, to serving, to discipleship, to being a member of this body as you, what would this place look like? If everyone had the same commitment level to giving, to serving, to discipleship, to being a member of the body as you, what would this church look like? Would it be open? Would it be closed? Listen, I can't change anyone in here or any other church body. I can only change myself by submitting to the Lordship of Christ over my life. That's it. That's all, the only person I can change is me. We do that by humbling ourselves. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you want me to pray with you, I will. If you want to pray by yourself, you can. I want you to think about what we talked about this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning. I'm, it's a tough text. It was a tough text for me. 
Lord, but you've put it in here for a reason, to challenge us. To challenge us as the brothers and sisters if we're living for you. If we're giving you our best or our least. Lord, this life is so short. It's here one minute and gone the next. I pray that we don't waste the time. We don't waste the time. We just serve you. Love you, God, and I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
guys. Uh, so we just prayed for, for Kenna's uh, dad. We haven't sent this out on the prayer uh, list yet, but he was diagnosed with cancer this week. So please pray for uh, Kenna's dad and for healing. And we'll add that to the prayer list uh, for sure. Um, hey, listen, I, I just try to preach the truth, guys. I know this was challenging this morning, so don't drown the messenger at the river, okay? Um, we're going to get back into, into uh, Third John next week. Um, Mike Simons is going to be bringing the word. I'm excited for that. Um, I'll be out of town some this week, but uh, I love you guys. I love this church, and, and listen, I, I don't think we're, we're failing in a lot of areas. I, I, I really wanted to reflect more on this message, and I'm not trying to apologize for it. Don't take it like that. I need to reflect on my own personal life and, and my commitment level, and I, and I feel like, well, if I need to do that, you probably do need to, so that's what this is about. But now we get to do probably the most joyous thing we can do uh, as a church. We get to head down to the river to baptize people that have professed Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So that's exciting time. If you have questions about salvation or baptism, I absolutely love more than anything, I think, than my family in this life is talking with people about Christ. So if you have questions about baptism, salvation, all you got to do is come up and we'll schedule a time. We'll sit down and visit uh, and meet. So I love you guys. Love this church. I'm going to be going and changing so uh, for, for, for uh, baptism. So I'm shaking your hands and heart, okay, this morning in spirit. So uh, And hugging you too. But um, hang around. About 10 minutes after the close of service here, we'll go down. Here, here is uh, the benediction. I shut my book, my notes here. But um, it's, it's out of the book of John. And the benediction is John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Man, that's Jesus. Jesus gave everything for us. Now, as you're out running around, eating barbecue tomorrow, eating some, watching the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, I think that's tomorrow, or is that 4th of July? I don't know. Whatever you're doing, eating a lot, enjoying it, remember that there are men and women that gave everything. That gave everything. And that's what Memorial Day is about. Tell your children and your grandchildren about those who gave up everything for this country. And, and, and it's important. It is a very important holiday. Um, if, if you have loved ones that gave up everything, tell your grandkids and family about that. This is holiday is not to honor existing veterans. It's the ones to honor that gave everything. That gave everything. And Jesus here is the example. So let's close in prayer, uh, and then about 10 minutes we'll head to the river. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning again that we're here. Uh, Lord, because we love you and we want to honor you. And uh, Lord, I pray today that we've had some moments of uh, reflection that your Holy Spirit, uh, I, I pray, has convicted us and encouraged us today. And uh, Lord, I'm thankful for this church body that we are. We are a whole bunch of servants in this church, and they serve, and they love, and they give, and Lord, I'm thankful for that. And Lord, as we leave here uh, today, Lord, we want to remember the sacrifice that you made for us, that without you, we are dead in our sins, and we don't have anything. And also, Lord, pray that we remember this week, as we celebrate Memorial Day, and we're off work tomorrow, that there are men and women that gave everything for this country and what this country is founded upon. And we remember that sacrifice and we're thankful for that. That we can meet openly and preach your word openly. Because many of our brothers and sisters around the world just can't do that. And I'm thankful, God, to live in southwest Missouri. I pray that we're a church that changes this community. That next year at Baccalaureate, we have 190 and not 45. And it's because of the impact 
that your people, Lord, are making on their community. So I pray for that, and, and I pray for revival of our spirits uh, in that. And in everything, God, we give you the praise and the glory. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You guys have a great day. We'll leave in about 10 minutes to go down to the river.